This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. Let's go to work. Hour number three, Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thanks for spending some of your time with us today. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. We are presented by Progressive Insurance, and we collectively are coming off a monster day in the AFC North. Steelers win again. Another close one in which they were outgained by the opposition. For those scoring at home, that's nine Steelers games. Nine games in which the <laughs> opponent outgained them. Yet they're 6-3 after beating the Packers. The Ravens fall 33-31 to the Cleveland Browns after Deshaun Watson and company put together a hell of a final 30 minutes. And the Cincinnati Bengals shocked at home by C.J. Stroud and the Houston Texans by a final score of 30-27. to The Steeler game, probably the least relevant of the three, not to disrespect the Steelers, but the other two were monsters, Ian. The Bengals, as a six-point favorite in that game, losing outright to the Texans, and the Ravens, as a six-and-a-half-point favorite, losing outright to the Browns. You think those two got caught looking ahead a little bit? Because Cincinnati and Baltimore play in Baltimore Thursday night in a game people have turned their attention to. Do you think they turned the page too early in this, on, for those? Man, What's the know, sense Joe, I'm trying to get out right now? <laughs> Did they get caught peeking? Did they get caught peeking? Yeah. All right. Microphone off. Go ahead for the next 54 <laughs> minutes and uh, we'll call it a day. I don't think that it happens nearly as often in the NFL as it does in college football. Yeah. You know, like I'll give you the prime example of Oklahoma State. They win the last battle of Bedlam against their are their nemesis, whom they rarely beat in Bedlam, and that's Oklahoma. And then they're only a two and a half point favorite against UCF, and I'm going, <laughs> that's that just stinks, reeks. That, that was a stinky, rotten fish. <laughs> And guess what, man? Just go ahead. And, uh, I hope some people out there just read that the way I did and hammered the Golden Knights and the Fighting Malzans. But that happens a lot in college football where you come off an emotional win or you've got a, you know, a Vandy on your schedule and you get caught looking ahead to Big Bad Bama, just to give it like an SEC example. I don't know if that happens a lot in the National Football League. The short week, maybe, right? Because you know that's on the horizon, but... I don't think that happens nearly as often in pro football as it does in college. Would you agree or disagree? That's a great point because I'm I, I in college for sure. Like the co- college is uh, all the situations, the spots are huge. The letdown spots. I mean, you have teams coming off these huge victories, like the Oklahoma State one you mentioned, getting caught looking ahead. You know, games that are sandwiched in between. We talk about them all the time. The pros, I always try to factor it in, but. To me, I think they do a much better job of understanding the task at hand. You know, there aren't as many distractions. You show up at the facility, you watch the tape, you put in the game plan. You can think about the game that's on the horizon, and you might not cover a spread, but rarely are you going to be a sizable favorite and just lose the game outright because you were so focused on something on the horizon. So, yes, I would agree with you there. But we're now living in a world where after watching what Baltimore did to Detroit a couple weeks ago and everyone suddenly talking about the Ravens as the best team in the NFL, those days are gone. On. That doesn't mean they can't be rekindled, but that was the narrative. Are the Ravens the best team in the NFL? Is this the year the Ravens are going to win the Super Bowl? Every Everybody coming out of the woodwork to talk about how they were picking the Ravens to win the whole thing. Well, not so much anymore after what Cleveland did to them. So I'm trying to figure out how do we – I mean, honestly, how do we bet this thing? Who are we betting to win this division? Because What's, what's Baltimore the number right now on Thursday? On. What's the number right now on Thursday? For the Thursday night game? Yeah. Baltimore minus four. 
Wow. Feels okay. like a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. It yeah. does feel like a lot. Okay, yeah. we're starting to align on that one. I like that. By the way, unrelated, ESPN Bet launches tomorrow. <laughs> Very related. <laughs> 100% related. That's not even cousins. That, that's siblings. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, those are twins that are identical. Right. Yeah. It is the same you-know-what and the hey, other same you-know-what. If you ever seen the movie My Cousin Vinny, <laughs> identical. <laughs> Ravens plus 130 to win the division. Browns actually in second at plus 225. Bengals-Steelers tied at plus 450. Bengals lose on Thursday night. They're 5-5. Five and five. They're in bad shape. I mean, they're they're at that point. You're just chasing down the seventh seed. You know, and, and here's the other part. Bill Parcells, when when I was covering the Dallas Cowboys when he was a head coach with uh, with Dallas, he famously said two things: one, you are what your record says you are, and that one has stuck around. And he, but he said that one for years. But also, he made this comment with a backup quarterback, right, getting into, and it was Quincy Carter of all people, who obviously. Went down a dark road, kicked off the team, but he took them to the playoffs one year. Uh, and I think they lost to Carolina in a wild card game. But that week of that game, he famously said, Once you're in the tournament, he didn't call it the playoffs, he called it the tournament. And everyone's got a shot. So even if they get into the seventh seed, right? I mean, once you're in, you got a shot. And we've seen wild card teams not just go to conference championship games, but to Super Bowls a lot recently, as a matter of fact. So, you know, once you're in, you're in. But you're asking me, who would you bet to win the AFC North? Yeah, I would, would you make a bet? I wouldn't even bet it with your money, Joe. I have no <laughs> idea. Like right now, Cleveland to me is the best team in that division. You know, Baltimore might be second. You can make the case Pittsburgh is number two right now in the moment. And since he's dead last. But Cincinnati wins on Thursday, you can make the case Cincinnati's the best team in the AFC North. We all talk about the NFL being a week-to-week league, and it is. But there is never a more micro example of that than the AFC North. Because one week it could be one team as the best team in that division, and uh, the best team the previous week could be the worst team the following week in that division. That's how good it is. Hell, it ain't good, it's great. It is great. This division has been fantastic to watch, and it's going to continue to deliver because all four teams are capable of beating each other on any given week. Pittsburgh may be the one some see as the wink link. That's what I, that's how I would rank it. But I wouldn't say Pittsburgh has a 0% chance of beating any of these guys. I've already seen them beat the Ravens, who are on top of the division. Speaking of the Ravens, I always want to start with this because I don't want people to think I hate Lamar Jackson because I don't. I love Lamar Jackson. I think his game is so much fun to watch because it is so unique. He is capable of doing things that only so few people, if any, can do. But there's also a downside to his game. He does make mistakes, big mistakes in big spots. And I've been saying this for years that I think they're the Philadelphia 76ers of the NFL. Great regular seasons, lots of wins, and then you get into the playoffs, you get against the elite competition in a tight spot, and you make the mistake in the crucial situation that costs you from advancing. This is a huge year for the Ravens. Lamar's paid. The defense is one of the best in the business. New offensive coordinator. The table is set for you at the very least to go to the AFC Championship game. I don't think that's a huge ask for this Ravens team this year, given where we are in the middle of November. This is the time that this quarterback and this team need to take another step. No more getting in and flaming out right away. No more getting in and winning a wild card game but losing in the divisional round. It's time to get to the Final Four. You're built to get to the Final Four. You pay your quarterback like he's a Final Four quarterback. And what you saw yesterday is what's going to prevent them from getting there. 
13 of 23. He completed 56% of his passes, 223 yards, one touchdown, two interceptions. He's got 11 turnovers in 10 games. He's committed at least one turnover in eight of 10 games this year, Ian. The thing with Lamar is if you are going to win a Super Bowl, minimum of three solid performances in a row against good teams, maximum four solid performances in a row against good teams. I don't think he's capable of doing that. Every few weeks, Pittsburgh game, the Indianapolis game, this game, every few weeks there's a dud. And in the postseason, you can't have that at the quarterback position. Now, even in his, his MVP season, right? I mean, it was one and done. I mean, uh, they lost to yep. what, Tennessee, if, uh, if memory serves. So, and, and look, if, if, here's the biggest part about the Ravens to me. That defense is a Super Bowl caliber defense. If I, if I would have told you going into the game, Joe, that Roquan Smith's going to have 21 tackles, Patrick Queen's going to have 10 tackles, and Kyle Hamilton's going to gift you a pick six. You're what? telling me Baltimore rolls. Yeah, wasn't that the second play of the game? Yeah. Hamilton's I mean, in the end zone. You think Watson's yes. going to flame out again in this game? It was 14 nothing four biggest, minutes in. The biggest problem is where the two turnovers. You, 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 when your defense is playing like that, especially early on, you can't turn the football over. And he did. He had the two picks, right? And then I want to give, man, I got to give the Browns a ton of credit, especially Jerome Ford. That dude ran for over 107 yards and averaged over six yards a carry against Roquan Smith, Patrick Queen, and that Baltimore Raven defense. Everyone's talking about Deshaun Watson and Amari Cooper, you know, going for what, six for 98? I mean, but to me, Jerome Ford has played a sensational, sensational football game and helped them get that dub. But again, 31 tackles between Smith and Queen and a pick six. Don't turn the ball over and you win that football game. And it's easier said than done. If what we saw in the second half from Deshaun Watson is any sign, any sign at all of things to come, Cleveland has just become one of the most dangerous teams in the AFC. It might be a big ask, but man, did he look good in the second half of that game. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. There's one team in the AFC North that has created a verb for what they have done this season. That's next on ESPN Radio and Sirius XM Channel 80. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21-plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really... Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Here's the snap. He's back. He looks. He fires for the goal line. Intercepted. And that is Casey running up the sideline. This game's over on the pass intended to Watson. Oh, boy. Oh, boy, it was a huge, huge weekend in the AFC North. Cincinnati gets upset by Houston. Cleveland upsets 
the Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore and the Pittsburgh Steelers find a way against Jordan Love and the Green Bay Packers. Alongside Ian Fitzsimmons, I'm Joe Fortenball. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. Dr. Pepper call-in line is open for business. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776 if you want to weigh in. But we go to the phones right now. Max Starks, ESPN Radio Analyst, Steelers Radio Analyst, kind enough to join us here on the show. Max, Ian's been telling me all day I have to ask you the following LSU question. LSU tailgate, baby. Come on. Here we go. He's saying there's an LSU <laughs> tailgate out there that would blow my mind if I ever found my way to Baton Rouge for a Tigers game. Do you know what this guy's talking about? I absolutely do. And you know what, Fitzy, first of all, he is the mayor of Louisiana. I know there's not a mayor for a state, but Ian is that guy. Um, it doesn't matter whether you're in New Orleans, whether, whether you're, you're in, you know, in any other place, Baton Rouge, I mean, you can just name it. He knows everybody or he knows somebody that does. And Brant is his name. Brant's tailgate, where if you park in the general parking lot over by the softball field, you're making your way to Tiger Stadium, sits off to the left side, and you can't miss it. There's a humongous just steel pot and this metal ladle, and they are just making some of the best jambalaya. And you can't eat it then. It only gets good after the game That's is it. over. You're yeah, coming back through. Yes. Interesting. Yes. 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 It is amazing. It is, the, it is the best thing ever. And Brant and company and his buddies are always there to uh, provide, you know, a nice adult beverage and some jambalaya to go. So, no, definitely hey. the best tailgate ever. Is this tailgate a business? This feels a little bit like payola. <laughs> it should be. If you can pocket this, man, you make a fortune, Joe. Let me tell you something. They, they've got this massive, and this is typical Louisiana. We're taking you right now to the SEC and, and, and an LSU game. They have this big, massive iron-clad cauldron that they're cooking up. Gumbo, yeah. chili, jambalaya, you name it. That that They have this thing called a wand also. Or that that's, a, that's this, like, boat paddle that they stirred all this stuff yeah. with. You name it, they've got it. Whatever adult beverage you want, Brant Langloy, the reshows, they they'll take care of you, Joe. We got to get you down there, man. All right, all right. Because it's, you, it's high on the list. I've always wanted to see a game down there. High on the Come list. On Thank with you it, both man. for the uh, insight on, on that. Ian, you got any actual questions here? No, now you got me thinking about <laughs> thinking about gumbo. No, I'm going home, man. Now I'm hungry. Come on, dude. Are you kidding me? Hey, see, no, let's let's go Steelers, Max. You know, we know you've you've, you've yeah. done a ton of SEC games. But let's go to the Steelers, where you're also the field analyst and you're also a Super Bowl champion with the Pittsburgh Steelers. How in the hell have you been outgained your old team in every single week? Yet you are still six and three and alive in the AFC North. All right, I'll give I'll give you the the the, the quick and dirty answer, and then we can expound upon it. Plus ten turnover differential. We don't give the ball away. We take the ball away. That is probably the biggest startling stat I think that people don't really talk about. We were plus eight going into that game yesterday, and then we had two interceptions right in or around the goal line and clutch moments. And that really is the kind of the tale of the tape when you're talking about just how this season, why we're out gained. You know, if we don't get a, you know, I know we're not supposed to talk about referees. We don't get a BS you know, OPI at the end of the game on that 32-yarder to George Pickens, we're taking, we're taking three knees and the game's over. But they call some arbitrary type of deal. It looked more like friendly fire than Calvin Austin, who's all of 5'7", 170 pounds, saying that he threw a chicken wing on a guy over 220 pounds. That's what caused the pass interference on the route. 
you know, and we would have outgained them. But it didn't happen that way, and our defense was put back on the field. They made some great plays, but at the end, DeMonte KZ takes the big play at the end of the game uh, to seal it for us and get us a victory. And that's kind of how it's been. It's been ugly football, AFC North type of football. It's a physical game. We ran, we ran the ball for over 200 yards, scored on our first three drives, and after that kind of played keep away the rest of the game and kept it tight. So, I mean, it's something that people don't focus, but we are a very good turnover team. Max Starks, ESPN radio analyst, Steelers radio analyst, joining us here, Carlin versus Joe, ESPN radio. A year and a half through the Kenny Pickett experience in Pittsburgh. How is everyone feeling about Pickett's development so far in his young career? I mean, we're, we're, we're still in a mode of, okay, he's getting it because we see the flashes, right? We see the moments, you know, where – there are those big plays that come out of Kenny or the fourth quarter where he's really accurate and really seeing things. And Titans, we get, you know, a first, first drive of the game, touchdown, first score of the second half drive as well. So you see the moments, it just isn't all the way there, you know, to make a reference to something we were talking about earlier, like gumbo, right? Like you got all these ingredients <laughs> and you know, all of them are good, but you got to make that rule and you got to let it sit and cook and and meld together so you get all those flavors and sensations. And we've seen all of the ingredients. We know what all the ingredients are. He has all of them. He showed us that. We're just waiting for that root to thicken, and that's what we're waiting on. You have to realize this team's 6-3, and three, and we still haven't had our best game of the season yet. That's a good point. Real right. good point. So what you're doing is then with Kenny Pickett right now, you're saying that you ate the jambalaya before the game <laughs> and you can't wait to try it after the game, after it seasons a little bit more. That's where you're going with your quarterback. <laughs> Absolutely. You need you need that wand, and it's a metal wand, so you know, scrape the size of the pot because that's where some of the best stuff is. That's where it's all been cooked together, and it caramelizes. We're waiting for the caramelization of uh, Kenny Pickett. <laughs> You're only going to hear that here. From Max. offensive lineman. <laughs> yeah. Max Starks, ESPN radio analyst, Steelers radio analyst, Carlin versus John, ESPN radio. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fornball. I mean, as a four, I, all right, let's see if we can keep the gumbo stuff going here. Former offensive okay. lineman you are, how would you block T.J. Watt? What part of the gumbo equation is he? Um, T.J. Watt, I, I need the wand. I can't use any ingredients in there because they're not hard enough. you got, you got to whack T.J. Watt over the head um, <laughs> because he just does not stop. I think, you know, one of the things that makes T.J. so good is not only, like, his tenacity and his just unrelenting effort, it's also his, like, vision. Because, like, yesterday I was watching it, and two years ago when I first started on the sidelines, you know, we were playing Detroit, and T.J. Hawkinson came back on, on a wham block, which is where the guy pulls from one side of the line, behind the line of scrimmage, the other side, and cuts the, the end man on the line of scrimmage. I watched that, and T.J. got injured, and he missed some game time because of it, because it was a bad uh, high ankle sprain, lower leg injury. And then I watched it yesterday. They tried to do the same thing with Tucker Kraft, and T.J. just sidestepped him and then made the play two yards up the field. Like, that type of thing. Like, he takes into account what teams are trying to do to him, and he's always aware, and he still finds a way to make a play in those moments. And, I mean, nobody's been more dominating when you think about at-home performances. I mean, he passed his brother uh, yesterday in, in, the, in the fastest two, you know, most sacks in the first hundred games. But he does a lot of that damage Acrisure Stadium at home, and he's just, he's such a physical, imposing presence. You see two and three guys dedicated to him 
on any given play when he's out there and he just still takes on the responsibility. So he's truly one of those guys. He's just an anomaly when you're talking about outside linebackers. Max, as, as we mentioned, you won a Super Bowl with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and this division right now is living up to the hype. As the AFC West didn't last year, this one is this year. And I mentioned earlier, one week Cincinnati could be the best team, the following week Pittsburgh could be the best team, the next week Baltimore might look like the best team. How do you sum up the toughest division in football? The standard is the standard, to quote Mike Tomlin. Um, you know, when I came into this league back in 2004 and was blessed to go into the AFC North, I knew you, it was a baptism by fire. But if you came out on the other end, you, 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 were, you were ready to do business anywhere. And that is what has truly come back. And I've been waiting for that moment for all these teams to kind of turn the corner and come back to early 2000s AFC North football. And like you said, it's predicated on the defense. I mean, when you look at what Cleveland does – you know, similar to Pittsburgh, right? The defense inspires and helps the offense move. And then you have another team in the Cincinnati Bengals who has a slow start, but they have a solid defense, a solid offense. And then Baltimore. Baltimore is offensively led. We're still wondering about their defensive capabilities. It's not up to snuff of what the early 2000s is. But everybody chips in and plays. And you know that if you come out of that division, you're ready to do battle with anybody, maybe except for maybe the Kansas City Chiefs. But it is a very tough division. People do not want to see us on a week-in, a week-out basis. People groan having to have the AFC North on their card if you're in the NFC or one of the other AFC divisions. Like, oh, we're going to that division? It's not a one-off game. It's all four of those teams. <laughs> you're going to get bloodied and battered. And, and yes, C.J. Stroud has proven that he can go toe-to-toe with the, with the AFC North, but that's an outlier and an anomaly, just like Patrick Mahomes. Everybody else, they, they fear that, and I love that about it because it is a physical, tough division, and it, it's now living back up to that name brand that I knew and loved and that I was hopefully a part of and helped, helped with that mystique. Got literally 30 seconds. You were on a call of a Colorado game earlier this year. Do you think Deion Sanders would entertain the thought of going to Texas A&M with Jimbo Fisher being out now? Absolutely. Why not? I mean, bigger stage, bigger opportunity, bigger bigger NIL. Um, I would think that you know he would he would he would want to promote himself as much as possible, and that would be a, a big promotion. Especially when you know they're just handing out money. Like they are the fact that you're saying I'd rather you go home for seventy six million than continue to coach here. Uh, that's a pretty big statement. You can't avoid that. Max Starks, terrific stuff. ESPN radio analyst, Pittsburgh radio analyst. We appreciate the time, Max. Go get yourself some gumbo. On with it. All right. Well, do, fellas. You take care of Fitzy. I'll see you down the road. <laughs> Done, Max. Thanks, buddy. Halloween is over, but hiring is still a bit scary to you. Indeed's end to end solution helps you attract, interview, and hire candidates. Sponsor a job and instantly receive a short list of quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Visit Indeed.com slash credit. One performance on Sunday may have completely changed the Caleb Williams sweepstakes. That's next on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S A V E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. 
That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Enough is enough! I have had it with these takes on this plane! Everybody strap in! This plane is headed down the runway and ready for the NFL takeoff. He's Ian Fitzsimmons. I'm Joe Fortenball. Carlin versus Joe, ESPN Radio, NFL Takeoff Part 2. Fire away. 49 is 34. Jaguars 3. Anybody who was saying the Niners were done and Brock Purdy looks like he should have been the last player drafted, shut the hell up. <laughs> That's De- it. <laughs> Debo's back. Trent's back. They've gotten healthy. And oh, by the way, what a move getting Chase Young and Randy Gregory. The Niners are legit and are going to be a pain in everyone's butt all the way into the NFC Championship game. Jaguars definitely moving in the right direction. Love Doug Peterson as a head coach. Love Trevor Lawrence as a quarterback. There's a lot to like here, but that's now the twice – that's now twice I've watched a physical team come into your house and push you around. The Texans came in earlier in the season and beat up on Jacksonville. And D'Amico Ryan's former employer, the San Francisco 49ers, did it yesterday. Something to keep an eye on with Jacksonville. Maybe a little bit too much flash, not enough substance. Going to need to get tougher at some point. What else we got, handman? Cowboys 49, Giants 17. Oh. This was one where if you didn't lay the 17... You were a football fool. It could have been 25, and you, you you still take the Cowboys. The Giants, I mean, they're not mailing this thing in right now. They FedExed it. I mean, they are, they're done. They're history. So what's the number next week with the Giants? 10. Commander's Lane, 10. Lay it. Lay it. Lay it. Dak, yeah. nice game. Cowboys, you did what you were supposed to do. Beat the hell out of a bad football team. Giants look like that team that came into the season very excited about having been a playoff team the year before, and then it all fell apart. They weren't winning the one-score games. The coin flips weren't going their way. Loss after loss after loss. Injury after injury after injury. And now they realize, you know what? Jones isn't the guy. We're not a playoff team. We're a lot further away than we thought we were. We need to tank this thing out, and we need to find a way to get the best possible pick in the draft. By the way, Drake May looked awesome this weekend if you don't end up with the number one pick. Buccaneers 20, Titans 6. Give the Bucs some credit here, man. They're hanging around in an awful division, but Baker Mayfield's playing decent football. Go back to last week against C.J. Stroud, the Texans. I thought he orchestrated the game-winning drive. Baker Mayfield has had a bit of a resurgence. 18 of 29 for just under 300 yards, averaged around 10 yards per completion, two touchdowns, one pick. Baker Mayfield's playing sound football. We spent a lot of time talking about the AFC North today, and for good reason. It's the best division in football. The NFC South is the exact opposite of the AFC North. <laughs> no Both in conference slash division, AFC, NFC, South, North, and in – what do I do here? The Saints stink, and they are an odds-on minus-120 favorite to win this division. Ugh. I know that stings, but what do you do? I mean, yeah, Tampa looked good yesterday, but they haven't looked good. Who wins this division, or do we all just lose? The latter. <laughs> what else we got? Cardinals 25. Falcons 23. Arthur Smith, you're Georgetown Prep alum. I love you, man. Prep pride. You got to love it. Feed B. John Robinson the football in the red zone. He's not getting it. I know he got it a lot more yesterday, right? But this dude needs to be the focal point of your offense. Give Kyler Murray and the Cards a heck of a lot of credit. They found a way to win the game. But the, the, the Texas Longhorn, 
that you spent a top 10 pick on, you need to feed him more like you did yesterday, but especially with the game on the line. I mean, Bijan Robinson's a top 10 pick. Kyle Pitts is a top 10 pick. Drake London, I don't remember if he's top he's 10, hurt. but yeah. I know he's top like 16. There's a lot of talent on this offense. Arthur Smith's supposed to be an offensive mind. Fantasy owners know better than anyone how much of a disappointment all of these guys have been because they just don't seem to get the ball nearly enough. And every time Arthur Smith is asked about it, there's always just a, an odd answer. It's just an uncomfortable situation in Atlanta right now. It feels like there's a plan the coach has that he hasn't let everyone else in on, and everyone else is trying to figure out why the obvious course of action, you know, feeding your stars, is why they're working in a different direction. I just, I don't know. The Atlanta situation is befuddling, and if you're Arthur Blank, you have to look at this and say, man, this is the worst this division has been for in forever, and we're not actually making a serious run at it? I mean, good God, there's a playoff they need a quarterback. here. They need a quarterback. Arthur Smith's a hell of a play caller. I love Arthur he Smith. Is. He yes, is. Yes. Not be fired. Get him a quarterback. Now, yeah, I'm not insinuating that. It's just it's they got to button this thing up a little bit because there's a lot of talent there. They should be scoring more points. Seahawks 29, Commanders 26. Are we not giving the Seahawks enough credit? The team is a walking heart attack. I mean, every game they play comes down to a, a, a cardiac event. Is is there ever a Seahawks game outside of the bludgeoning they took in that Baltimore game? Like all these say, games are it. just they take the seven point lead late and you're like, all right, it's go get a stop. You're at home, you're done. Nope, Washington right down the field. I'm I'm not gonna disagree with anything you just said at all. Except I want to give Sam Howell a little credit for the commanders. How many people realize that that man is leading the National Football League in passing yards. Oh, my God. I wonder what the odds are we're on that before the season starts. It ain't started. Josh Allen. It's not Patrick Mahomes, right? It's not Joey B. It's Sammy Howell, pride of North Carolina. The Tar Heels getting it done, but they just couldn't find a way to get the dub. Here, here's something. I'm going to solve a problem for the NFL and for all the networks, our network and our competitors' networks as well. Moving forward, I want the Bears, the Jets, and the Raiders off prime time for a minimum of five years. I just want them out Thursday night, <laughs> Sunday night, Monday night. I don't so want to see the rest of the year. I don't want to see any more Bears games. I don't want to see any more Jets games. I don't care if Rodgers is coming back. I don't want to see any more Raiders games and the Giants as well. Throw them in there. Those four teams get them the hell out of prime time. And I want to see more Seahawks games and more Chargers games. I don't care what anyone thinks about those two teams. They deliver entertaining yeah. games yeah. every single week. Speaking of which. Lions 41, Chargers 38. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to defer here because somebody had a double up to catch up on this bad boy. And I'm going to go ahead and defer to my man Joe Fortenball, who, who just put him out of the table and said, here we go, roll them bones, baby. And Dan Campbell came through for you on fourth and two. I had a very erratic Saturday. I was up and down with my gambling. Uh, the UFC final two events went very nicely for me. San Jose State went very nicely for me. Tennessee did not. And the Texas game, the way Sarkeesian coached the end of that, they blew it, and that stung. So I had an up and down day, and I came into Sunday, and I needed to make some plays. In the Monday, I got crushed. Or in the morning, I got crushed. So I'm going into Sunday afternoon. I had to figure things out quickly because Baltimore and Cincinnati were ending late, and the damn Charger game was starting at 4.05, and I had to make decisions based on what was going to happen. So I was gambling inside of gambling because if I ended up winning – 
late with with some of those games, I was going to be unnecessarily extended in the Lions game. But if I didn't get the bet off in time, I didn't have any other options that I really loved. I kind of like Seattle. That would have been a disaster. So I went huge on Detroit. Everything went to hell in the morning. So I'm in this position. And then this game... It worked out, but Ian, I, I, to win that game, I cost my, I may have won the battle, but I lost the war. I definitely lost a couple months off my life in that game. I, I love the passion, oh. and then also going to the staggered late start in the late oh. window, right? You're going, why can't this game be at the 25 it and not the 05? With an hour to go in the witching hour, with an hour to go as things were turning south on me, I looked at the app, I go, what time does the Lions game start? I go, it's got to be 25. It's the marquee game. And then I saw it was 05. I go, oh my God. Son of a... I'm so jammed up here. I'm going to have to make a lot of decisions I don't want to make in a really tight window. You need to send Dan Campbell a Christmas gift. He was awesome. And Jerry Goff. ESPN hoodie, whatever, man. Going forward on fourth and two. I mean, that took stones, man. I mean, boulders, and it got it, and man, it, that has a huge impact on the entire room. Brandon Staley had to watch somebody come into his house, do what he's been trying to do for years unsuccessfully, pull it off successfully right in his face, and then get on a plane and go home. That can't feel good, especially as a defensive mind, giving up 41. They couldn't get a stop in that game. The Lions averaged over eight yards per play in that game. They were, they were four or five on, on fourth down. They went four or five times and got four. I mean, Staley got three. He was three for three. Still lost. One game left on the Week 10 slate. Oh, and it's baby. a massive game for many reasons. We're gambling next. Ian Fitzsimmons, Joe Fordball, ESPN Radio, and the ESPN app. This is the Carlin versus Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. versus Joe. Pizza money alert. Pizza, pizza. Lousy weekend. One, two, and one. Down 1.1 units. We gave out the Lions, but we had to give it out at three before the line went down, so we end up pushing on that one. Overall, 72 wins, 71 defeats, two pushes. Down seven units here, so we got to turn this thing around. Three bets for tonight. We're going to rip through them quickly. Number one, Denver Broncos plus seven over the Bills. Look at the Bills' defense the first three, four weeks of the season. Look at it the last five weeks of the season. It has fallen off a cliff. Denver's off a bye. The offense has gotten better, and the defense has improved. Sean Payton... We look at this Denver team as if they're a joke, but they've taken steps in the right direction. They're doing exactly what you want a team in their situation to do. Get a little bit better throughout the course of the year. So we'll take the touchdown with Denver. Number two, Dalton Kincaid, Buffalo Bills tight end, over 52 and a half receiving yards. This number is still low. Okay, you go back to the first four or five games of the season, he was doing very little. But then Dawson Knox got hurt, Kincaid became the guy, and he's been putting up monster numbers the last three weeks. This should be closer to 70 in my opinion. I'll play over 52 and a half, especially when you realize the Broncos are top 10 in the NFL in terms of how many yards they've given up to opposing tight ends. Seventh most. And the only teams that have given up more have played one or two games more than them. And then finally, college hoops. St. John's minus three over Michigan. How about it? Rick Pitino has taken over at St. John's. They won their first game. I think these prices are cheap. I think he's got something cooking with the storm. So three pizza monies for tonight. Broncos plus seven. Dalton Kincaid over 52 and a half receiving yards. St. John's minus three over Michigan. Ian Fitzsimmons, feel free to weigh in. You playing the donks tonight? Coach, I love the donkeys tonight. Plus the seven. I'm, I'm I'm waiting to see if I can get seven and a half where it opened. 
Um, but right now on ESPN bet, it, it's staying at seven right now. And look, think about this. The Broncos just beat the Chiefs a couple weeks ago and beat them handily. How many turnovers did they force in that game? It was four or five. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, it was impressive. And, and Russell Wilson, 16 touchdowns, only four picks. I, I completely agree with you. They're getting better and better. I mean, they, they really are, man. And they, they, they found a running game against the Chiefs. I think they went for over a buck fifty on the ground. I'm with you on the donkeys, man. I'm taking down. I would take Denver if you happen to be a wagerer. I'd take the seven. Maybe wait till last minute to try and see if the, if the public gets you up to seven and a half because I expect them to take the Bills. And the Bills are missing Milano, two other key defensive starters. I am, I'm in step with you right here. I don't know if it's good or bad uh, for you to have me backing <laughs> you, buddy, but I'm with you 100%. And Dalton Kincaid. That dude out of Utah, remember, folks, he had over 200 yards receiving in a Pac-12 title game against Ohio State. He is just a, a vicious playmaker. I love that. I love that. Wait, against Ohio State, Rose Bowl. Yeah, yeah. You said Pac-12 title game. Oh, sorry. No, Rose Bowl. That's yeah. right. I was like, Ohio State to the Pac-12. Did Harbaugh run him? Right. <laughs> by the way, this Monday Night Football preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All right. So here we go. I mean, for Buffalo, this is a no-joke situation tonight. You're a seven-point favorite against Denver. You're at home. Yeah, Everyone's going to expect you to win, but you're off the Sunday night loss to Cincinnati. It's getting late early. Is that how they say it? Getting late early for the Bills in terms of jockeying for playoff position. I'm looking at this right now. You're, you're in a spot where you're trailing Miami. All right, you beat them once. You can get there. You're 5-4. Five and four. You lose tonight and go to 5-5. Five and five. I mean, what are we talking about tomorrow morning? Now you're starting to think about can they make the playoffs. Yeah. Look how loaded and deep the AFC is, especially what the Texans are doing right now. Now you're fighting for a wild card. That's a legit conversation that will be happening around every – sports bar and every chicken wing that's getting dominated in Buffalo, right? <laughs> and, that, and poor Christine Lisi, I don't know if she'll be able to to be keep baking all those goodies that she bakes for us every day because she's a diehard Bills fan. Just for that alone, you need a Bills W. I need a donkey cover, but a Bills win to have Christine that's, Lisi in a great mood. There it is, 24-21 Bills. Let's go. Everyone wins. 24-21 Bills. We all win. We cover the numbers. She gets the victory. Everyone's we happy get tomorrow. We're all eating 500-calorie <laughs> rich treats that are cut in half. Which it's, it's, She mentioned that earlier. She goes, I cut them in half. And I go, I, you know, I appreciate that, but it doesn't matter if I have a half and then I go right back outside to have the other half. The other half. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And then I'm looking for a third, and it's like, well, I only really had three of these, but they're cut in half. It's like, no, you fat pig. You still had one and a half, and you know you're going back for the second half of the second one, so you basically had two full ones. When she rolls in with the peanut butter brownies that she makes, right? I mean, that's when you're sitting there going, all right, I need a defibrillator because my left leg's starting to go numb because I've eaten four of them. (laughs) By the way, strategically, for those of you, which is all of you listening, who have never been here to ESPN Radio... There's two main studios and a hallway in the middle. It's all the producers, all the board ops, all the on-air people. Everyone has to walk by all of this. It is the critical artery of ESPN Radio. (laughs) And there is a table right in the middle of it filled with these delicious treats. There is strategically no better place to put them to make sure they are consumed by everybody. And it's greatness. If Lisey's not going to bake or do radio, she could strategize in war. Because she understands the choke point. Like, she's got us with the choke point here. <laughs> and I'm telling you, those peanut butter brownies could choke a donkey. Right? <laughs> Going back to Denver. What are we, be all fantastic. What are, we, what are we saying about, okay, so we understand, we always go negative, right? If Buffalo loses, tomorrow we'll be talking about Buffalo losing. Yeah. What if Denver wins? Uh, I mean, strategically, four and five? they're going to be four and five. 
And when you're looking at this playoff race right now, I'm bringing it up here. Kansas City at one, Houston currently seventh at five and four. But the Bengals are five and four. The Bills are five and four. The Colts are five and five. No one's talking about Indianapolis. They're just hanging around with the alligator blood. Raiders five and five. And then it gets to the Chargers and everybody else. Patriots, you. you know, the Patriots are the only team out of it. They're two and eight. Even the Titans are alive at three and six. All right, listen, I'd go easy on the Titans there, like Teddy KGB. But yeah, look, <laughs> they are. They are. I mean, Denver. You got to give them a little bit of credit here, man, because it was just an absolute bleep show to start the season, and they're starting to kind of catch on with this Sean Payton offense. Russell Wilson's playing better ball. They're running the ball better. I mean, they're forcing turnovers against teams like the Chiefs. I mean, look. There's a lot of football left to be played. Do I think Denver makes the playoffs? No. But you win this game tonight, you put yourself in the conversation. If they continue to progress, let's say they miss the playoffs, but they finish somewhere around 8-9, and nine, which is very respectable, I think, considering where this thing all started. And Russell Wilson's playing half decent. What are we talking about in the offseason? Are we, are we, is it just, is it going to be Peyton and Wilson coexisting and then moving forward? Because you don't want, that contract is, is, is something you don't want to just have to, yeah, buy out. I, I, I don't know. From. I, I don't have an answer there, but I'll tell you this: this is a completely different team that got tuned to the to the sound of fifty points, seventy to twenty. We've, we've forgotten about that. This is the team that lost seventy to twenty to Miami. It's a completely different football team. Yeah, and that's where you can benefit when it comes to betting. And as we get set to launch ESPN Bet tomorrow, and people are going to dive into these waters a little bit. Sometimes you need to be understanding what the perception is of different teams or different individuals. Like right now, the perception of Denver, a lot of people still look at them as, man, they stink. Yep. And they remember that Miami game. Well, they're not that same team. And Miami's not that same team. Every time people want to take Miami against Kansas City or Philly or Buffalo in these good games, stop thinking about the 70 they hung one day at home against Denver. Stop thinking that. They are good, but that should not be the image you have of them when you think of them. Right? Like, that's the that's the psychology you have to get into. By the way, ESPN bet launching tomorrow, I mean, it's going to be on. an aggressive day on this show, right? <laughs> Can I come back? Yeah. yeah. I, I, you call in at any point. We're going to be giving out action all day. The Monday Night Football Preview brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Save when you bundle motorcycle, RV, and boat insurance. Visit Progressive.com. Ian Fitzsimmons, it is always a pleasure. Amen. Thank you for riding along with us today. Thanks to everyone for listening. This is Carlin versus Joe on ESPN Radio. Thanks for listening to the Carlin vs. Joe podcast on ESPN Radio. You can listen to Carlin vs. Joe weekdays from noon to 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and on Sirius XM Channel 80. You can also watch and listen on the ESPN app. The Carlin vs. Joe podcast.